Good morning. Today is Sunday, January 17th, 2021. What I hope to discuss with you this morning, I hope is never, ever relevant to you. But what I want to share comes from Rav Yosef Rimon. Last night, we made Havdalah at the end of Shabbos. Part of Havdalah is to make the bracha Gafen. Part of Havdalah is also to make a bracha Boremi Nebisamim, to make a bracha on sweet spices. And we smell the spices. As I'm sure you know, hopefully not firsthand, one of the symptoms of Corona is the inability to smell or taste. What happens if a person is chas sick with Corona, they do not have the ability to smell or taste. How do they go about making Havdalah? So let's start from the beginning as Rav Rimon does to understand what's behind this, and then we'll see how it applies to this situation. The Talmud says that when we make Havdalah, when we make Havdalah, we should also include the bracha for besamim, barei minei besamim. And the Talmud explains why. The Rambam, in codifying this law, uses the following words. Why do we say a bracha on sweet-smelling spices at the end of Shabbos? Because our soul has a down feeling when Shabbos comes to an end. Shabbos is a spiritual high. When Shabbos comes to an end, we spiritually are a little bit low. So therefore, we allow our soul to rejoice. We rejuvenate our soul. <coughs> and we allow it to come back to its regular high level. Bereaktov with a sweet smell. So that leads to the following question. What that means is that, at least on the surface, the bracha of the spices is not a required part of Havdalah. It's simply to recognize an emotion that we feel. At the end of Shabbos, we're a little bit down. Shabbos is over, so we rejuvenate ourselves by, by smelling sweet spices. But it's not something that is a required part of Havdalah par se, which leads to the following question. What if a person says to themselves, you know what? I'm mochel. I feel okay tonight, Saturday night. I don't need the spices. I'm willing to forego the spices. Is a person allowed to do that? If it is a required part of Havdalah, the answer is no. It's part of Havdalah. You have to smell the spices and make the bracha before you do so. But if it's something that just lifts up my spirits, maybe I have the right to say, you know what? I don't need my spirits lifted at this moment. Is it optional? So, as you might imagine, this is the subject of dispute among medieval commentators concerning the nature of this requirement. The Ravad, the Rush, they say it's not an obligation. It's an opportunity. If for some reason you can't do it, 
If there's some reason you don't want to do it, it's okay. You can put it off. The Me'iri disagrees. And the Me'iri says, no, it's required because Shalakavod Shabbos Huskanu. It was established in order to recognize a greater honor to Shabbos. Here's what he says. Share Kasha Adam Maresh Huzakaklinachama in Sesa Shabbos, when a person at the end of Shabbos does an action that shows I need to be rejuvenated because Shabbos was such a spiritual high and now I'm spiritually lower and I need the lift. That humodiabakach, he is demonstrating la'atzmo to himself, ulisvivaso, and to those around him, al hanashama b'shabbos, for the extra level of spirituality that you have on Shabbos. And therefore, it says something about the nature of Shabbos. That is, to do an action at the end of Shabbos that demonstrates that I might need to rejuvenate my soul is not just something optional. If I feel a little down, here's a technique to lift my spirits. It's more than that. The fact that I need to lift my spirits at the end of Shabbos demonstrates how special Shabbos is. It attests to the sanctity of Shabbos, to the honor of Shabbos. And therefore, it's not optional. It's obligatory. It's obligatory that we show that we feel we're a little bit down when Shabbos ends. Okay. Let's leave that as background. Now let's come to a second subject. Concerning the brachos that we make, the blessings that we make, there's a category of blessings, let's say, in prayer. There's a category of blessings, let's say, before we do a mitzvah. Then there's a category of blessings called birchas hanenen, blessings before we enjoy the benefit from anything in this world. A bracha before we eat, a bracha when we see a very beautiful sight, and that also includes brachos before we smell a sweet smell. We have a general rule that goes like this. For a birchas anenen, a bracha over deriving a benefit, like a food, or a taste, or a smell, if a person is not able to smell the smell, they cannot make the bracha. The bracha means that I'm thanking Hashem for the benefit of enjoying this smell. But if I cannot enjoy that smell, then I cannot make that bracha. So, if a person is sick and they do not have the ability to smell, or let's say a person is, okay, let's just leave that example, then, of course, they cannot make the bracha either if they just want to smell something nice or in the context of Abdullah, because they cannot smell it. They can't make the bracha. That's it, they're by themselves. What happens? So there, and, and therefore, a person who, let's say, has corona, God forbid, has lost the sense of smell, they're by, their, by themselves on Saturday night. When they make Abdullah, they simply omit that line because they can't make the bracha on smelling sweet smells if they can't sw- smell sweet smells. However, what if a person is in a group? What if a person is together with their spouse 
and they're making Abdullah. The spouse can smell. Am I allowed to make a bracha even though I cannot smell so that my spouse can answer amen and make that smell that spice? Well, we have a precedent for that. And the precedent applies anytime that bracha over a food, for example, is obligatory. I'll give you an example. Let's say Kiddush. When we say Kiddush, we are required to have a cup of wine and we are required to make the bracha bracha. Similarly for Havdalah, we are required to have a cup of wine or grape juice, or if we don't have that, some other beverage. And we are required to make the bracha bracha. What if for some reason I'm not able to drink that wine? Let's say, um, a simple case, let's just say I'm sick. I have a bad stomach. And I'm just not able to drink anything. Or let's say I just don't want to drink it. I don't want to drink it. So the halacha is that even though normally for making a bracha over a food, if I don't eat the food, I cannot make the bracha. If it is a, repart, a required part of a larger experience, I'm doing it for you. And that is based on the concept of kol Yisrael arevim zelazeh. Every Jew is responsible for every other Jew. So if you have not yet made Kiddush, and I could say Kiddush, and you can answer Amen, it's as if I myself have not said Kiddush, even if I did say it for myself. Because since you have not fulfilled your obligation, it's as if I have not fulfilled my obligation until every single Jew in the world has fulfilled their obligation. And that means I can say the bracha of Kiddush, I can make the bracha Gafen, and I can give it to you to drink. Normally, if it's not within the context of Kiddush, you simply want to drink uh, a glass of water, I cannot make the bracha shakol bivaro and hand it to you and you drink it because as a birchas anen and a bracha over food, the person who makes the bracha has to benefit from it. But when it is within the context of a larger ceremony and that bracha is required, then even a bracha over food or liquid, I can make the bracha and you can drink. Another example of this that every single one of you has probably seen, but you may not realize it under a chuppah at a wedding. Usually you have a rabbi who is officiating at the wedding. He holds a cup of wine. He makes the bracha gafen, and he gives the wine to the chassan, to the kala, to the bride and the groom. He himself doesn't drink himself. It works the same way. Since it is part of a larger ceremony and the bracha gafen is required, therefore he can drink, he can make the bracha even though he is not drinking and the other two can drink. So now we come back to this question. What is the nature of the bracha of Basamim for Havdalah? If it is a required part of the ceremony, like the Me'iri says, I'm required to do it. Therefore, it makes sense to say that if I am making Havdalah, and let's say my family is with me and I cannot smell, but 
I I can make the bracha and let them smell. Even though I'm not smelling it at all, because it's an obligatory part of the ceremony, like the wine for Kiddush. Even if I don't drink, I can make the bracha and they can answer amen and they can smell. But according to the other opinion, if it's really not obligatory, it's just to lift my spirits. And if I didn't want to lift my spirits, I wouldn't have to do it. It becomes like a regular opportunity to make a bracha over sweet spices. And there, if I can't spell the spices, I can't make the bracha for you. Practically speaking, since authorities disagree about this question, we follow a general rule, Suffolk brachos lahakel. Whenever there is a doubt as to whether a bracha is indicated, we omit the bracha because we don't want to take the chance of mentioning God's name in vain. And therefore, practically speaking, if a person is alone and cannot smell, they omit the bracha. And even if a person is with others and they are making havdalah, they themselves do not make the bracha. The bracha on the besamim should be said by someone else in the group who can smell and they will smell it. They make the bracha and they, and they smell it, not the person who is not able to smell. What about the bracha bere If a person loses a sense of taste, which is another aspect to this symptom, there it's different because when it comes to food, the bracha over food is not dependent on being able to taste it. It's not even dependent on being able to enjoy it. It is based on the nutritional aspect. Did something of nutrition go into my body? And therefore, even if I have no sense of taste, if I swallow a food, I'm required to make the bracha brepriagafen. So there is no change with brepriagafen that proceeds as normal, but besamim, it will depend. Now I want to add this postscript. And it is characteristic of Rabbi Ramon to add such a postscript, which is one of the reasons I think so highly of his approach to Torah in general. If you have not experienced a loss of smell or taste, I have not experienced this, thank God. If you have not experienced this yourself, it may sound somewhat trivial. Okay, so you don't smell. In fact, it's quite a difficult experience. The people who report going through this report greatly diminished quality of life, leading to a level of suffering that it it's really not possible to comprehend if you have not experienced yourself. And it does appear from a lot of the literature now that this particular symptom can last for months and months before it returns. It's quite a serious problem for a person. It's not easy. It's not simple. And often it's not quick. Rav Rimon asks us to focus on the following. The fact that we make a bracha on besamim, on something that smells sweet at any time, whether it's just we're smelling flowers or in Havdalah 
But the fact that there is a bracha to thank Hashem for being able to benefit from the beauty that God has placed in the world by giving us these sweet smells. There's something unique about that. Because food, you see it. You put it into your mouth. You swallow it. You chew it. Whatever you do. But it's there. It's tangible. Literally. Smell is intangible. Often, it is invisible. And at the same time, this intangible, invisible element in the world has a gigantic effect on our experience of life. To eat something without smell is to drastically reduce the experience of the eating. A home that does not have, I'll take it in the positive, a home that has the smell in it of Shabbos being ready and challah and you walk into the home, it's a whole different home. To walk into a home without a smell is different. One person who realized this was Mrs. Fields. You remember Mrs. Fields cookies. So Mrs. Fields cookies, chocolate chip cookies, I don't even know if it exists, but it was in um, um, shopping malls all over the world. And they had a marketing strategy that was brilliant. They baked the cookies in the back of their little shop. And they had a fan and the fan from the back of the shot pushed the aroma of chocolate chip cookies out in front of the store into the area where people walking by and they showed and it's true it is scientifically impossible to walk by the smell of chocolate chip cookies and not want to stop and buy them it's amazing just the smell As we see in Havdalah, that a person can be going through an, um, uh, an emotional and a spiritual low and a smell can revive us, can rejuvenate us. We live in this time when, God forbid, Nebuch, so many people have lost their sense of smell as well as taste. It would be the opportunity for us to focus on gratitude. You know, Hashem could have created a world without smell. Our ability to eat, our ability to be sustained, to live, would not be affected if there was no such thing as a sense of smell. We would be able to live just fine. God created an aspect, a layer, an element in his world of a sense of smell. Why? In order to add to our enjoyment of this world in order to make the world not livable, but better, more joyous, more beautiful. Hashem did not have to do it. It's not necessary to sustain life. Hashem did it for our pleasure so that we should enjoy life. It's the right thing especially when we say Havdalah and we are well and we make this bracha besamim. 
not only to think about rejuvenating our souls at the end of Shabbos, but also to think as we make the bracha, blessed are you, God, for creating these sweet smells that you have given us a world that is not only livable, but beautiful and enjoyable. And to express that gratitude to Hashem when we are able to appreciate it. And that is a deeper level that we should try to reach, especially when we say Havdalah. But anytime we make a bracha recognizing the beauty that God has given us. My friends, I wish you a beautiful day, a sweet smelling day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.